and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire, to inform, and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer, sponsor this program, follow us on Twitter, or even like us on Facebook. We can be found at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Praise the Lord, LJ Renee. How are you Praise doing? God. I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I am blessed, 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 Amen. Uh, abundantly blessed. Uh, you know, we are in this uh, great, wonderful, most holy season for believers uh, as Easter approaches and we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just really want to, let's just talk about Jesus. Like today, we're just for the next couple of weeks and, and prayerfully, that's what we do always. But I mean, even more focused, we want to talk about Jesus. And there's a couple of passages, a couple of verses of scripture that we want to read to to uh, discuss today's topic. If you can read from Matthew, you have the Passion Translation from Matthew 27, uh, verses 17 through 22. Okay. Okay. So we're going to starting at the 17th verse. It says, so as the crowds of people assemble outside of Pilate's residence, he went out and offered them a choice. He asked them, who would you want me to release to you today? Jesus, who is called uh, Bar uh, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the anointed one. Now, Pilate was fully aware that the religious leader had handed Jesus over to him because of their uh, bitter jealousy. Just then, a Pilate, as Pilate was presiding over the tribunal, the wife sent him an urgent message that said, don't harm that holy man, for I suffered a horrible nightmare last night about him. And meanwhile, the chief priests and the religious leaders were inciting the crowd as to ask for Barabbas to be freed and to have Jesus killed. So Pilate asked them again, which of the two men would you like me to release for you? They shouted Barabbas and Pilate asked them, then what would you have me to do with Jesus who is called the anointed one? And they all shouted back, crucify him. Pilate asked why, what has he done wrong? but they kept shouting out, crucify him. Amen. Amen. And you know, I think that it is, it is, uh, nothing is ever lost on, uh, on, on, on us through scripture that the Lord would, uh, have the person that is being considered, uh, at the same time as Jesus to be named Barabbas, which means son of the father. That's why that translation, right. name, both of their names are Jesus, because then the distinction had to be made and qualified that there is no, there is no room for ambiguity or, or gray that this one is Jesus, the Christ, the anointed, the anointed one, the one. Son of that's God. absolutely it. 
This other one's name is Jesus, but this is Jesus the Christ. This is Jesus the anointed one. Uh, mm. What do you want me to do with him again? And they uh, many times over said with a loud voice and in unison, crucify him. And today, uh, today we just want to ask that question of all of us today again, what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for this word. We thank you for Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God. We thank you for the sacrifice at Calvary, the free gift of mm. salvation. We thank you that on the third day, he got up with all power in his hand and he has opened up the access to you and rent the veil into. And here we stand now in the presence mm. of the living God, redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And we are part of the family of God. And we say, thank you, Jesus. Thank, thank you, Jesus. And when the question is asked of each and every one of us, what will we do with Jesus? Let our answer be a resounding, we will worship you and we will love you and we will extol you and we will honor you and we will celebrate you for you are the great God of glory, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we love you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. You know, amen. Uh, through through history in the or th within the bible down through history within the bible there are many there are many questions that uh are asked that are uh memorable that stick in our minds as we read through the scriptures as we hear them preached and this is one of them some others might be like adam where are you when god calls to adam in the garden and uh am i my brother's keeper when you when you had cain and abel in their in their discourse and uh jesus asking the disciples whom do uh, men say that i am when when he was uh, about to when we were about to hear the revelation he had given to peter and then um, when God asked of Abraham, is there anything too hard for God? Um, and then also uh, he asked of Job, where were you? I love that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Answer me if you know. Well, this is like those questions when Pilate asked of the crowd and we ask of you this this evening, what will you do with Jesus? The question is still appropriately being asked today because we have never uh, definitively answered that question uh, and put it to rest. We still need to answer that question. What will you do? What will you do with Jesus? Mm, my God. And so when we ask that question, what I think about is what will we do with Jesus? I think about in the uh, culture that we're living in today and that we're facing so many different issues. And sometimes it seems like, um, most times it seems as though that the church is silent or people feel like um, the church is not supposed to be get, not supposed to get involved with politics or anything dealing with um, issues f facing uh, the culture. But what has definitely happened is that those issues have infiltrated the church. And now we're living alongside of or have compromised or been complicit with the culture when even the Bible said for us to come out from among them and that we would have to be able to stand. Now, will we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and not only preach it, but will we uh, uh, exhibit uh, the principles of the kingdom to the world, particularly those who are in darkness, that they may see the light of God and be saved? 
Will we do that or will we remain silent? And I, I implore you today that this is not the time for us to be silent. And so that question is, what will, you, what will we do with Jesus? And my stance is that I will magnify his name and I will speak out about who Jesus is and what he requires. And I will show forth the, uh, the love that God has given unto me to give even to others as well, but definitely not stand silent and see a world go to hell. And you know, as I said and, before, not on my watch. Amen. And unfortunately, the 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 mood of our society uh, has influenced the response of Christians uh, to this question. Unfortunately, and it is very unfortunate because God has called us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We are supposed to be those who influence and set the tone and lead, but we are finding, uh, when I say we, uh, when I speak collectively of us as the church, I mean the church worldwide, there's always going, always going to be a remnant of believers who hold fast to the faith and do not forsake uh, their love for God. But the church in general as a whole, uh, there, there is some lukewarmness uh, found in the church. And as society begins to become, uh, the Bible uh, foretold of this, that the days would become more wicked and evil and men's hearts would grow wicked and more evil uh, as the days progress. And as we see that, unfortunately, what we also see is that some of it creeps into uh, the, the mm -hmm. people of God. And, mm -hmm. and in that's why he told them, this is not a new thing. This is not something that was not uh, that, that was not that you could not foresee what happened because that's why he told the children of Israel when he gave them the promised land he said drive out the inhabitants and and kill them and don't take them for your wives and and don't you know get rid of everything they have because he knew that if you uh, if you allow these things to invade your heart, then it will truly begin to uh, erode your faith in God. If you let it, if you're not, if you're not careful, um, you will begin to to taste the things of the world and find them pleasurable, and you'll begin to want those things, and and they'll contend against the faith and the commitment that you've made mm. to God. And that's where I think we have found ourselves: is people are. People are becoming um, th this this lie that the devil tells of of taking good and and making it evil and taking evil and making it good. Yes. People are, in the church, you get confused because you have not immersed yourself in the word of God and loved his truth above everything. If you don't know the truth, you'll believe a lie. You've got to know the truth, hide it in your heart, cleave to it and be unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need a radical church. We need a radical church yes, who, are, yes. who is willing to stand against the wiles of the devil. The enemy is seated in, in high places, powerful positions, and you've got to be willing even when it costs you something. I think most people are willing to trust God when it doesn't cost anything, but when it costs you something, when, when, you, have, when you will be ridiculed and you'll be in the minority and they will it will not be popular, it will not be the end thing to do or to be a Christian. You might be called bigoted and narrow-minded, but you know what? The gospel is 
still right at every turn and in every generation. Yes, ma'am. The gospel of Jesus Christ is still right. And I don't ever want to be on the side of those who are yelling, even though it's the majority and the loudest voice. I don't yes. want to be on the side of those yelling, crucify Jesus. We don't want to trample underfoot the blood of Jesus Christ. We want to uphold and honor and celebrate him even if it is not popular even if it is not popular and you know when you were talking i was thinking about that you know that we have put him on the shelf and and i read in some articles where it says that we consider him irrelevant mm. in this day and time and the word of god endures forever and what has happened is they have done uh, somewhat of a good job in distorting the truth they have blurred the lines and so what happens is people don't know what is right and what is wrong. They have redefined, they have, they have in their own way, redefined truth. But listen, the truth of the Lord endures forever. Mm. And we have to know the word of God in order. You know, I was reading the scripture. It says that he's given us the keys to the kingdom. And so whatsoever thing that we bind on earth must be bound in heaven and whatsoever things is loosed on earth must be loosed in heaven. And that key word is that he has given us the keys to the kingdom and that we can forbid some things from happening, consider them to be illegal and unlawful by the power and the authority of God's word. But yet, when we read that, we we don't really deep go into it to find out exactly what does he mean. He has given us the power and the authority. We are ambassadors here upon the earth that we will govern the affairs of man here upon the earth by allowing Christ to work through us. And unless we understand that, and unless we believe that, we will not be able to make an impact in the earth. But let's put it like this, like you said, but there is a remnant that's mm -hmm. going to stand and it's going to make an impact. I remember uh, the account in the Bible when Jonathan and his uh, armor bearer were the only two initially that stood up against the Philistines. All the rest of the, uh, the Hebrews or the Israelites, they were hiding in caves along with Saul. Those two decided they were tired of it. Enough was enough. And they realized that they were not born to go in a cave and hide so they come out and they said let what happens gonna happen he said many by many or by few we're gonna see what the lord is gonna do and i really believe and that has been my mantra by many or by few we're gonna see what the lord is gonna do because he don't need a lot of people to do what he wants to do only thing he needs is a remnant of people even if, it, if it's just you all he needs is just you and he said that there was many angels that will come alongside of you if you just stand for what he um, what he says on his word, we can do this thing. We don't have to cow down. We we don't have to compromise. And you know what, Twilight? It may just take that one person. You know, like the forerunner. The forerunner is the one who says enough is enough. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lay down. And then everybody else said, I'm not either. I'm with you. I'm going to be with you. You got. I got your back because they need that one to step out and say something. And that one might be you, that one might be me, that one might be somebody else, but it's going to take someone to step out and believe me, God only needs just one and Amen. he's going to do this work. He's going to do the work. 
And he, you every know, single said, one of us is going to answer that question. What will you do with Jesus? Listen, yes. everyone, every one of us must answer the question. And if you, if you think, well, I don't believe in God, you've answered the question. What will you, you sure do have. with him? You're doing nothing with him. You're ignoring him. You're, you're rejecting him. Every single one of us must, you're not going to escape it. Pilate thought, you know, by him being the one who asked the question that he was going to be free from any, any um, guilt or any condemnation because he let the people answer. But his wife, God gave his wife a dream and she said, you Didn't better he? be careful what you do with that holy man. Um, you, you, but I'm not going to do anything, but I'm going to let the people decide. Listen, you can, you can try to take that, uh, that, uh, stands if you want to, that, you Come know, what? I, I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm gonna let the people decide you've already decided, but you've be already sure. decided. You've already decided every and you know what, Twyla, one of us will answer the question. You know what, Twyla, what you just said, even put even more of a meaning to when people say, well, I don't want to get involved when Christians say, I don't want to get involved with that. I, I don't believe that we should be involved in it. Well, you've already made the choice. You listen, if you don't rule, who will rule? That's the wicked. So when you step out the picture, then you're allowing the wicked to rule. And the Bible says when the rick, when the wicked rule, the people mourn. And so you, we have to stand and we cannot make an excuse. Well, we'll let somebody else do it. We, we don't have know, to do it. And you know, when you're silent, guess what? Right. You just, you just help the voice of the crowd to be magnified. And the That's voice right. of the crowd said, crucify him. That's so when right. you're silent, that is what you are condoning the crucifixion of a God who has done nothing but loved you unconditionally, given Absolutely. himself for you and, and made a way for you to come out of sin, a way for you to live a life of victory, a way for you uh, to, he, he paid the penalty. I love the song. It's an old song, but I love the song that, that we used to sing. It said, he paid a debt he did not owe. And mm. I owed a debt I could not pay. Christ Jesus washed away my sins. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. It is the oh, grace of a wonderful God that will reconcile you back to him if you will accept him. But what will you do with Jesus? You must answer the question. Uh, it was asked another way in another in another part of the, of the Bible. It says, who who's who's on the lord's side who's yes. on the lord's side you have to the questions being asked and you must answer and when you think well, well i'm just not going to answer i'm just not going to say anything i'm not going to do anything you've already made it you've, you've already, already given your answer and he you know what he said well, how did that scripture go i'm trying to look it up he said if you deny me before man i will deny you before my father um that is, let me see, that is in uh, Matthew, Matthew 10. Um, he says, but whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my father who is in heaven. So my yeah, Lord. and when you think being silent, it, being silent is denial. It it's is denial. with the crowd. You have to, that's why, it, it, did he not say, 
Uh, confession is made with the mouth unto salvation. That's why you've got to open your mouth and confess this thing. You can't, that's you, right. you're not looking for that lukewarm Christian that says, I'm going to ride the fence and sit silent. You got to open up even to get into the kingdom of God. He did everything for you, but to get into the kingdom of God, to take advantage of this great gift of salvation, he said, you must confess me with your mouth because yes. I need to know, like, listen, I ride on the airplane a whole lot. And every now and then, I, I'm not particularly one who loves the 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 uh, exit row seat because it doesn't recline. But every now and then, I'll sit in the exit row because you get a lot more room, but but I, not always. But when you sit in the exit row, something unique happens on every airline, on every airplane. They come through, the air, the, the flight attendant comes through before the plane will take off. And it, and it seems like it's just, you know, a, 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 it just seems like a formality, but they have to do it. They come through and they look at everybody in every seat in the exit rows and they say, I'm going to need an answer, a verbal answer. You can't shake your head. You can't affirm with your eyes. You got to verbally affirm. She says, will you uh, agree to assist us in the event that there's something that happens on this plane? And you've got to say yes. You And if you say anything oh, you else, they seat you in another yes, seat. Right. God wants your verbal consent, not your head nod, not your, because you, that's, that's what people do when they don't want other people to know what they what side they stand on but he wants you to verbally confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and when you do you make the connection with the king of glory but it I is required in my heart i confess with my mouth jesus is lord of lords and he is king of kings and i know what i will do with him i will love him and serve him extol him and honor him and i will decree and declare his lordship over everything oh my god even i'm just looking up the scripture um uh, romans 10 that's that was a good illustration um twyla uh but in romans 10 it says and just read this this is unto salvation if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the lord jesus and shall believe in thine heart that god hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved that confession it's not only in the, for salvation, but that confession is that where you stand, like you said, who is on the Lord's mm. side? Who's on the Lord? At, at this point in juncture of life, you have to make that, that declaration. I am on the Lord's side. And to say it with boldness and confidence that you believe in what shall we do with Jesus? Listen, I'm going to live for him. I'm asking him, God, what is it that you want me to do? And when and I'm faced with situations, I'm asking him, how do I respond? See, we know the word, Twyla. We know the word. We know what is right and what, what is lawful and what is unlawful. We know that. And you have and to I'm be super careful because, I mean, Jesus came, you know, when he walked the earth, he only selected 12 men to, to disciple and to follow him. And, and of those 12, when he was going through the trial, he came that he would give, he came to give his life. He, that was his purpose. That so, was his purpose. so when they, when they thought they were crucifying him, they were helping God, but they were manifesting the purpose of God in the earth. Uh, he, he must need to go through, like when the Bible said, he must need to go through Samaria. He must need to go through Calvary. That 
that was the purpose of him coming. And, but, but even when he went through that, some of the 12 began to fall away. Some of them uh, said, I go a fishing. You know, they thought that the, they thought all hope was gone. And they thought that, you know, oh, the, the one that we had put our hope in, he has now died. And, you know, maybe this isn't what we thought it was. And he said, I'm going fishing. And some of them said, we also go with thee. And mm. they, and they backslid is what they did. And so didn't Peter, when he denied Jesus, he, then he went off somewhere because he didn't think he was worthy to be even called a disciple anymore. And so when, when Jesus, when, when we come asking you this same question that was asked of Pilate, what will you do with Jesus? Know that even the church has to answer the question. Every mm -hmm. last one of us must answer the question. I know that you were uh, on fire for God last year and last decade and, and, and last century or whatever, but what are you doing with him today? Now that we see, in a we live in a world where, uh, where it is no longer popular to be called a Christian, that it is downright some in some places of the world dangerous to, to acknowledge uh, Christ in public, what will you do with Jesus? Will you, because we have not in America, for the most part, we could say 99% of us have not suffered unto blood. We have not suffered unto death uh, because we love the Lord. But it, there are some parts of the world where it costs them their life to worship God uh, publicly. It costs them their life. When they when they acknowledge him, they are literally um, risking their life. You don't have those threats in America yet, but if you keep, if you keep sleeping mm -hmm. on it, you might. You don't have those threats threats in America yet what will you do with this great Jesus this great Jehovah this great Lord of Lords and King of Kings we're approaching this great season for Christians when we celebrate his his uh uh death and resurrection and what will you do on Easter we all come out and we look pretty and we act like we love him but then the Sunday before and the Sunday after Easter what are you doing with Jesus mm. six months before six months after what are you doing with Jesus? Is he only a convenient savior on Easter Sunday morning? Or is he the God? Of, is he only convenient when, when you have calamity and catastrophe in your life? Is he only convenient when the doctor gives you a cancer diagnosis or you lose your job? What about Jesus on the mountaintop? What about Jesus when everything's going well? What about Jesus on Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday morning? Is he only a Sunday morning God? I mean, you better decide what you will do with Jesus. And whatever your answer is, it needs to be your answer Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and all day Sunday. Amen. Amen. That beautifully put, you have to make the decision as to whom it, it listen. Was it in Joshua? He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. He said, but for me and my house, we choose to serve the Lord. Hmm. And that has to be uh, our, 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 main, our mainstay that has to be the word that we stand upon is that we choose to follow Jesus we choose to follow Jesus and that means that we stand against those you know the Bible says that you know that we should stand against those things that that um that God uh, that st God stands against I guess that's probably one of the things that we say um that we should stand against those things which God are against. That's a prayer that we should have, that we, oh Father, help us to hate the things that you hate and to love the things that you love. And as we begin, as we ask God to do that, that's exactly, he'll put that, that 
uh, he'll change the taste in your mouth. He'll change the desires in your heart when you want to uh, hate those things that he hates and love those things that he loves. The Bible says, woe unto a man that, that's, uh, that put evil as good and good as evil. He said, whoa, when you look at that word, whoa means, my God, there is something coming. There's danger in that, or there's pity to that person that do that. And we see that even in this day, that the things that God says is good, the world turns it around and says it's bad. The things that Jesus said is bad, the world says, well, yeah, it's good. But we have to know, we have to know with an assurity whose side we stand on. So that when, we act, when we're asked, what would we do with Jesus? That we'll put pick up that mantle and say, "I'm on the Lord's side." You do it like the like the uh, uh, disciples did when the Pharisees asked them not to preach in the name of Jesus, and they said, "Listen, you do what you think is right before God." He said, "They said, but for well, as far as we're concerned, we're gonna continue to preach in the name of Jesus, knowing knowing that their lives can be snuffed out, but mm. they stood and say, "We're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ." That has to be, I mean, that has to be our stand. And like you said, in other countries, you you know, you see where the Christians are being cru- uh, uh, persecuted over in Egypt. The Coptic uh, Christians are being crucified. In China, they have to go underground. In Russia, they barely can open a Bible. And if we think that that's not going to come here, we can see it. We can see it. But then the thing is, how will we stand? How will we stand? And think about and even in Daniel when when the Hebrew boys when they they said, "Oh, King, you, you can live forever," but this is what we got to tell you: um, we will not bow down. We will not bow. We will Our not God bow. is well able. And guess what? If he if he decides we're gonna die in the fire, we're gonna die in the fire. But we will not. We will not deny. We will, we will not, not deny our deny. God. And they went in there and who stood up for them? The one they stood up for, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus. So we we admonish you today to choose you this day whom you will serve. And if you've made the wrong choice, if you're still alive, he's given you grace to make the to make the right choice. If you're still alive, you have opportunity to repent and get it right. You have opportunity to receive the great gift of salvation. And if you've fallen away, you have opportunity to be reconciled back to the God of glory. So we just ask today, um, who, who will you choose and what will you do with Jesus we pray that you make the choice uh, that that you will love him and serve him, that you will honor him and extol him, that you will allow him to reign Lord of Lords in your life and uh, Lord over everything. And when you choose him, you have made the best choice you could ever make. No one ever put their trust and hope in God, and he let them be ashamed. He mm. always come. He always comes through for you. Through the fire, through the flood, he comes through for you. In tribulation and trials and affliction, he comes through for you. In sickness and in health, God always comes through for you. If you want to pray and just pray over those, uh, over all of us, that we make the right decision when the question is asked of us. Amen. God, we thank you right now. 
We thank you for God, your word that is planted in our hearts, that your word is our guide, oh Father, your word is our defense. And so Father, we just thank you that God, that we, Father, when faced with the question, what will we do with Jesus, that we would quickly and proudly say that we will serve him to the day we die. Father, we thank you. Even the song says, I will trust in the Lord until I die. There's another verse that says that we're going to stay on the battlefield, oh God, until we die. And God, let that be our battle cry, that God, that we will stay on the battlefield, Father, for our Lord until the day that we die, that we will let our life shine in the dark world, that we will be the salt of the earth, that we will be the answer to the question, that we will be, dear Father God, uh, solution to the problem. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that we will walk in righteousness and holiness, that the world may see and be guided unto you. Father, we thank you and we bless you, oh God, that we continue to solidify, oh God, our trust, your Father, in you. We thank you and we bless you. Tuning in, this has been Twyla Southall and LJ Renee with What Does the Lord Say? Come visit us at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We'd like you to join us for morning prayer. Follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook. Even see how you can sponsor this show. Again, it's www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. <laughs>